Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, everybody, to a fresh new OBR Film Breakdown podcast. This is your Monday edition. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We're going to do a quick hitter today. Crazy weekend. My sister got married, so that was a blur on Saturday night. Don't even really remember much of today, this being Sunday we're recording. I was lucky enough to spend the evening with Mr. Stephen Thomas, Brown's Daily Mock, who is a California native, but comes home because he's got some family here in Ohio and spent the evening with him and his wife, which was cool. Haven't seen him in a long time. So we've had some exciting uh, things happen this weekend. Pretty cool to spend time with Steve, watch my sister get married. It was neat. Uh, Don't have a ton of time to podcast, but when I wanted to do a quick hitter, thought of Mr. Andy Lytle. He's at Andy Cleves underscore. He's with us at the OBR in his Not the Same Old Browns podcast. You should be checking that out. Andy, my friend, how are you? I'm doing good, Jake. Thanks for having me on, brother. Yeah, man. We're going to do five quick questions. That, that There's not much news, what? man. There's not, not much going on with the Browns. What do you mean? This, you mean this is the NFL dead zone? Is that this what is, we're in? You're this just... is the dead, <laughs> the deadest of the dead zone, man. We're not even... Somehow it's still June. It's not July yet. So um, there was an interesting article that controlled a lot of uh, discussion this weekend, which came from Terry Pluto, who's, uh, yes. you know, very famous... Done great work, Cleveland.com. Uh, his kind of it was an article built on reasons why Baker Mayfield would not be signed to another contract, and he kind of rebuttaled some of those reasons, which I thought were good. If you have not read that, you should go read it. Kind of a, a almost a mailbag of sorts uh, situation For sure. there. Just kind of what the first question here is kind of what's your takeaway of that? Do you think Terry made some good points in there? Uh, do you think, I mean, the biggest thing that I noticed in there is that there's still this belief that play action carries Baker Mayfield and he can't carry a football team. Like, you know, all all orange and brown goggles aside, do you trust him to carry a football team? Uh, I mean, to step on the field tomorrow and carry the team on his back? Uh, no, I don't, I, 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 I don't think we're at a place like that, but uh, I feel I feel he can still take a next step. I mean, you, you, you've been breaking down his film for years now. I mean, let me ask you the question. Do you think he can take his game to another level? Maybe, maybe not like the level of a Mahomes, but maybe in that echelon of like a Russell Wilson or someone like of that tier. Do you think he can – does he have the pedigree, the tools, and the work ethic to take his game up another level? Yeah, yeah, I think he does. I, I, there's certainly – the physical tools are there to make it work. It's just a matter of – you know, you talk about people continually bring up that that play action stuff, and it's like the best teams in the NFL use play action a ton. So, yeah. I mean, he, he does he need play action to survive? I don't think that's a fact necessarily. But the interesting paradox for me has been, well, you know, you want this smart head coach who uses play action and throws on early downs. Well, they did a lot of that, and it's like, oh, yeah. but, but the best quarterbacks don't don't need play action. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like Baker's in this situation where, he, no matter what he does, unless he, you know, he's got to put up a ridiculous statistical yeah. season to to shut yeah. people up. I guess I, I think he's a guy you can win with. I don't know that he's a guy you can win because of quite yet. There's a level to get to sure. there that I think he can. Guys do that at their own pace. 
Absolutely. Some guys get there early in their career, like Pat, and some guys take a while, like Drew. Drew Brees didn't really become a guy you can win because of until a little later into his New Orleans venture. So right. it's like, I I think that there's certainly there's certainly another level or two for him to get to. He can get there, but I thought the interesting thing was, you know, he talked about spectrums for for Baker. Like he could either be, and I don't know if this was a Bill Barnwell quote. And there's hard to sometimes when you read those articles, it's hard to <laughs> yeah. decipher. Is, is Terry yeah. saying this or is he saying what somebody else wrote? Um, right. where like the spectrum was he could he could you know, bump himself into the elite quarterback tier or he could be fighting for his job the next yeah, year. It's like that was Barnwell. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he's gonna be fighting for it. I just don't th- I think his his basement <laughs> is higher than that, right? I just don't even if he has another year like last year, how are you gonna say he's fighting for his job based on twenty seven touchdowns, twenty six touchdowns and eight interceptions, you know? Like that no, seems like a stretch. You're not well, one one point that uh, Terry Pluto brought up, and I completely agree with this point. I think any NFL fan knows this. You know this. I know this. Everyone knows this. One of the recipes to a successful football team it really starts if if you can get that combo of a great head coach and a good quarterback, where they just work in unisons together, like a good team. You know, just a team, just a hell of a tandem. Why? From what we saw last year with Stefanski and Baker, why would you not want to keep that going? <laughs> like, yeah. even even if his ceiling is, you know, uh, uh, a game manager, I guess, uh, is, is basically what a lot of these pundits are saying. Um, even if he is that, why would you... Why would you not want to extend him anyway? I'm not saying give him even Dak Prescott money at that point, if that's what you view he is, but why wouldn't you want to keep that tandem of Stefanski and Baker together and continue to watch Baker grow? You brought up Drew Brees, who came on, you know, once he went to New Orleans, he really took off. Brett Favre's another one, dude. Brett Favre didn't light the world on fire until year four. Yeah. Uh, he threw, you know, 18 touchdowns, 24 picks in year three, Brett Favre. So, you know, and I think, there's a little bit of Brett Favre and Baker's game a little bit. So I, yeah, I, this whole play action thing that he runs too much, it's a protection of the quarterback. I don't buy it. I don't think you buy it either. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a slight. I think it's an absolute slight. And it's like you said, it's almost like Baker has to come out this year, throw 35 touchdowns, 4,000 yards and go with the AFC title game, or he's going to get no respect. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous, man. It's gone too far. It's just gone too far to, to the point that we're saying guys that, that throw 26 and eight ratio and complete 60% (laughs) of their throws and, and have 36, 3,700 yards. Like, Oh, that's a replaceable guy. Okay. I guess I just think these like rookie quarterback contracts, uh, the scale, and then like feeling this immense pressure to get it a decision that is set in stone in their next contract is like it's it's yes. it's gone way too far to the opposite of the spectrum. I know that people didn't want to pay rookie quarterback Sam Bradford money anymore. Get it? Right. Haven't seen him on the field. Totally understand. But now you're feeling like every single quarterback has to have their career determined in the first five years, and I am like. You know, if a guy's just good enough for a while, you bring him along, you put him in the right situation. If you can find patience there, there's a, a there's a reward to be found. You know, Ben, it was a huge debate whether Ben Roethlisberger deserved a big second contract. Like, a huge debate. Like, yep. They thought that a lot of what they said about, saying about Baker right now, they said about Ben at a young age, where his defense was carrying him in Pittsburgh, and he wasn't able to yeah. do things on his own. Like, that was very real. <laughs> So yeah. oh it was 
was. I, yeah. I think we're going to see about 7,500 more Baker contract articles. You know, our Brad Stainbrook has said all off season that there's been no contact between the two about a contract. He's just been persistent about right. it. And he talks to a lot of agents. Brad does. And, and especially Baker side, he talks to their, his agent. And it's like, there's these reports that they think it's going to get done. And then Mary Kay comes out and says, well, they haven't talked. Well, yeah, we, we knew that at the OPR, but you know, yeah. some, some people are just finding, I just think to both sides, it would just be smart to be patient. I just, Baker says he wants to bet on himself. He wants to wait. If he proves another great, if he has a great year, which he thinks he's going to, because why wouldn't Baker have confidence? He finally has some structure around him to 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 take off. He hasn't had that in his entire run in the league, and it's like, yeah, hell yeah, he no. should be confident. He finally got yeah. structure. He felt like he lit it on fire, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and all these pundits, they they always point to, to 2019, and 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 I get it. Trust me, I I, I completely get it. But they completely ignore. They 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 insinuate that. He was bad in 2018, his rookie mm-hmm. year, and he was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know that. He threw, the, he broke the rookie touchdown record. He played well. He won games. You know. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that they, it's almost like when they talk about him, it's all that all they talk about. It's it's almost like they lump together 2018 and 2019, and it's ridiculous because he's really only had one bad year in the NFL, and that was 2019. Yeah. And he's gone through counting Greg Williams, interim coach. He's gone through four head coaches. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't think any, I don't think anyone could have su- succeeded in 2019 with 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 Freddie running the show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Very, very, very few. I, I continue yeah. to say that that's something that we overlook is how shit show the shit show was. Is I don't think people <laughs> understand the extremes that that went to. So You got um, senior bowl stories about him, don't you? Oh, <laughs> man, it's bad, dude. It's really bad. It's really bad, and we've hashed it out here. We don't need to hash it out again. You can go back and listen to some of those stories, man. It's like it was doomed to start. I mean, it was doomed when you kept a lame duck head coach who had won one game in two years, keep yeah. him and marry him with an offensive coordinator who didn't want to be with Hugh, was trying his whole time to oh. undermine Hugh, trying to get the job himself. He doesn't get the job, and then they hire Freddie. It's it's bad. It's bad. It's yeah. really bad. And For Baker to come out of that with actually trying to see how he could reach a ceiling and actually – now seeing that he has potential to reach what we thought his ceiling could be, it's a rather big miracle because it could have gone south quickly. And based on the Browns' history and the decisions they made, they deserved it to go bad. So, um, again, we'll talk about Baker 7,500 more times before, Absolutely. before training camp. But <laughs> looking at the roster, Andy, this is question two of our five. Yeah. I mean, they're really good. You know, I think I think there's a lot of smart people in the NFL who are saying this is the most complete, one of the most complete rosters in the league. I saw someone rank them as 
from CBS is the second best roster in the NFL. Am I, am I missing anything? Are there you you think about this team? You know, we think cool. about it comprehensively from like a these guys should be really good. But I always, in my mind, think of how would teams attack Cleveland? Are, are, is there a weakness you think you see on the outside, or do you feel like? These guys are pretty damn complete, and I don't really have a fear heading in. You know, fears can be made in training camp when injuries happen, preseason, all that stuff. But as you sit here, you know, June twenty eighth, like, do you fear anything on this roster, or do you feel it is as complete as one of you you've ever seen since they returned? Uh, I mean, it, it's complete. I can't believe it's th- this complete, and and Andrew Barry's only been here two off seasons. You know, so that's <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the wild thing to me, uh, but. I mean, no. I mean, you look around the starters at every position group, everywhere on offense, defense. It's it, there's really good players across the board. I guess it, depth concerns. Maybe, maybe I have a little depth concern at safety. Maybe, uh, maybe outside. I feel like they could maybe use another outside corner. But again, this is just depth. Uh, but really, that's it, dude. I mean, like as far as the starters go, no. I mean, there's, I, I. I just can't believe that Andrew Barry has pulled off what he has in two years now, two off seasons, and he's done it in just such a quick fashion and just an intelligent way. It's 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 just been oh, it's been a godsend to watch and just follow. But no, I mean, really, at the end of the day, for me, really depth at maybe safety and, and, and outside corner. I think I think he, I feel like you could use another guy at each of those position groups, maybe. And that's mm-hmm. dude, that, uh kicker, maybe. I mean before that's <laughs> we're talking about kicker. Yeah, you know? Yeah, and yeah. and you know, he, he was solid last year, but uh can you rely on him to come out and stick a fifty five yarder? I don't think so. I think that is one thing that the uh, one position that they maybe should address at some point because that's a weapon sometimes, man. I mean it really truly is. If you can count on a guy to come out and stick a 53 yarder when you need him to i I just don't know if if parky can do that on a consistent basis but that's i mean it's kicker dude (laughs) it's it's, kicker it's it's kicker man so yeah no you're right they're they're in good shape i i just uh i like to ask people that question do you do you fear anything and you know with where they're at right now it's it's pretty crazy to think. I mean, they could have weaknesses. Things couldn't go as well as we yeah. expect them to go in certain spots. But sure. as you look at it, there's not much to to fear right now. It is a group that I no. think is collectively in really good shape, and uh, it should it should mean that that we raise our our ceiling. Sorry, raise our basement of consideration for where they should be. The expectation should be to get to double digit wins and sprinkle a few more in if you could if you could pinpoint talk about Andrew Barry building this is question three I want to ask you too is we've had a little bit of time now to digest the rookie class see them in mm-hmm. rookie OTAs and have mini camp and hear quotes and you know things are said about Jeremiah things have been said about Tommy Togiai Tony Field just had the foot injury we've seen little bits and pieces like is there who are you expecting to have the biggest impact if we look back at this thing at the end of the year Ooh. who is who's the guy you think we're going to look back on and be like okay man that guy had a pretty positive impact throughout most of the rookie year i'm gonna go with the easy answer and it's mostly just because i love the player uh and i was just elated that they were that he did fall to them in the first round uh greg newsom man i mean it's the easy answer for me uh jok i think jok could be that guy and uh um who knows tommy togi i could be that guy dude who knows um but yeah i gotta go with greg newsom uh we all knew going into this offseason that Outside corner was numero uno, the biggest hole to fill in this team. Um, 
it was pretty much pegged that that that's what they were going to go after in in the first round if it played out the way it played out. So yeah, and by all accounts, uh, all reports from the OBR and other outlets. Uh, granted, it's helmets and shorts, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but he has looked good. Um, he looks the part. Uh, he's you know he's an athletic, smart kid uh, with good instincts, and I, I just. I'm. I can't wait to see him on this on the other side of uh, Denzel. And hell, it sounds like they're gonna might even Joe Wood said move him around in the slot a little bit. Um, again, this whole offseason, man, speed and versatility. That's that's what that that's what that's. I think that's been a lot of our takeaways from this offseason. And I think you have another player here in Greg Newsom that is versatile, and he's gonna be. I think he's gonna do some good things, man. I really do. I I, I really really didn't think he'd be there at twenty six. I really no didn't. no didn't think either of those guys they got in the first two rounds of either. No, I think I, I think if you could didn't think JOK <laughs> was gonna be a fifty two. No, that's for no. sure. Well, I think if you could put some truth serum into the Browns front office, they would say, you know, we think we have something special in 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 Greg, and we like we like JOK, and we think they're going to be baseline good players. But if they get something out of Tommy Togi at a position they really need, and he was as you know as effective and looked as quick and as powerful and in shape and strong and all of that that you hear out of minicamp yes. as a name that popped off the charts, like they need something solid for the future of their D tackle room, and I, it's a it's a position they're going to keep eyeing as the next draft comes about. It's like there needs to be something that they can find to hold on to with the with the group up front. So I have I really hope if if we look back on this thing at the end of the year and say probably didn't talk about Tommy Togiai enough because it's just yeah. been a muddled defensive line group. But um, that's a guy that I, I I can't wait to watch come camp. Can't wait to watch come 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 preseason. So we actually finally <laughs> get preseason to watch this well, he, stuff for change. So and he's another player that uh, they selected that I honestly couldn't believe he was still there where they selected. him. <laughs> I, yeah, I I thought he was a day two guy for sure, and uh, you just never know with the draft, man. You don't. These guys value him so differently. Um, we're gonna shift tangents. Our last two questions. I I don't. Did you? Some people are like gluttons for this stuff. Did you catch Josh Naylor's injury? Did you see that one or not? Because it was okay. pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I was. I heard it because I was listening to Hammy, um, and the way Hammy described it, I did not want to watch it <laughs> I, as a guy who loves horror movies. I don't want to see someone get it. I can't watch a sports injury like that. I can watch blood and guts and, and horror movies, but not, no, it was bad. Huh? Was it bad? It, bad so was, second baseman, right be, fielder are converging. I don't want to be laughing or I'll cry. That's why I'm laughing. It's, Ugh. it's, it's bad. It was, it was bad, but in a weird sort of way. So the second baseman is, it's a check swing. So this right-handed hitter check swings and, in. It connects with the baseball in a check swing, which is weird to begin with, so people don't react quickly. So the ball kind of connects with the bat well, so it, it's looping over the second baseman's head, and I think Ernie Clement is chasing it out of second base, and in comes Naylor, and like they, so they collide with Naylor coming in from right field, and he doesn't hurt it on the collision. He he spin he, they he like he jumps, and as he jumps to avoid Clement, he he hits he gets clipped. And spins in the air, so he gets oh. his lower body gets clipped. He spins in the air, and he's still not hurt. He's just you know just a spin, and then he lands, and like his cleat toe grabs the ground underneath him, and it his so oh. his body impacts underneath it, 
And I don't know. I mean, listen, I've watched <sighs> the Kevin Ware injury back when the bone came out yeah. from Louisville. Ooh. I've seen like Tyrone Prothrow snap his leg. Who else have we seen? Some people have snapped. Gordon their leg. Haywards was pretty. Gordon Hayward was bad because we were all watching it. I think this that is the smart. freakiest injury that I've ever seen. Like the way he lands and like not hurting his body on the weird collision, which was a pretty gruesome collision. And Smart. it just it was and he turns and lands strange on his leg. I've never I've never quite seen anything like it. And and um, you know, I'm an Indians fan. You're an Indians fan. Most people who listen to this are Indians fans. It's it's not yep. the greatest roster in the world right now, but they got some young guys like Josh who are coming along, so you you sort of hope that it it doesn't derail his career because he's a promising young player. So I wouldn't urge anybody to watch that though. If you didn't see it, yeah, don't, don't go hunt it out because if you if, unless you have a strong stomach for that kind of stuff because his ankle is like <laughs> pixie dust. Um, oh, it's pretty bad, guy, man. It's pretty bad. Wishing him a uh, fast, 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 fast recovery, man. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. The last question here is: We shift even off more. Now I'm taking a little a little segment from your podcast. So Perfect. talking movies. And yes. I had One today, yeah, right. I saw today a question from uh, I think Barstool's uh, Lights Camera Action podcast uh, that the worst movie that you've seen in theater. And I'm usually pretty picky about my movies in theater. I'll watch a lot of things. I mean, if I'm going to go to theater, though, I gotta I gotta have a reason. And I'm sucker for sports movies. Right before the pandemic hit, I saw The Way Back with sure. Ben Affleck. And it was absolutely terrible. And I saw it by myself, which I've seen more movies by myself of late because when you're a dad and you got, you know, mom's tired, she's home sleeping. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to like a 10 o'clock showing. It was so bad I couldn't stay. It was so bad. The the premise of it was fine, but the script and the execution, I'm a details guy. So you you get your sports details wrong and like, I just can't remember a, a weirder script with worse pacing and terrible storyline like i just was I yeah said, i'm out man and it takes a lot for me to leave a movie so that's the one that i can remember i don't remember leaving a movie before in theater movie and that's like i'm like i'm out of here man i got better shit to yeah do. so i wonder what what one is that for you that you were in theater and you're like this is absolutely terrible <laughs> okay um i've never actually walked out of a uh, out of a theater i never have um and I've seen some bad movies, but I think part of me kind of likes bad movies because I find enjoyment in just about every movie. But I, I – okay. So I have one movie that I know I saw in theaters as a kid, and then I watched it as uh, a teen and then an adult, and I realized how truly bad it, it is and was. <laughs> and that would be Superman for The Quest for Peace. Um <laughs> That movie, okay, Christopher Reeve actually directed that. Um, it was the only way he was going to star in it. And it was this production, uh, Warner Brothers was no longer uh, the main kind of studio running the production at this point. Um, do you, Have you ever heard of Canon? There are, th- have you ever heard of them? Do you remember that old logo that would come up on a lot of mid-late 80s movies? I don't. The, so they... They were, they were owned by these two dudes named Golan and Globus, and they just did us. I mean, they just wanted to make films, bro. They just wanted, <laughs> and they didn't care, man. They just shit out whatever they could. Um, and they would. Do, do you remember the Masters of the Universe movie, the He Man movie with Dolph mm-hmm. Lundgren? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. They did that as well. Uh, they did Cobra with Stallone. 
Um, those were kind of their big ones. But what they, what they were infamous for was taking on projects like Superman 4 that called for, like, you know, a pretty decent budget, and they weren't big-budgeted people. So... Yeah, Superman Four is really bad, man. It's it was a canon film. It was one of the uh, it, it 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 was, gosh, um, it, so much wrong with that movie. If you really watch it with that lens, it's so easy to tell that just. I mean, like they even dub over like the villain in that. They dub over Gene Hackman's voice, who played Lex Luthor, to on this guy's voice. It's so bizarre, dude. It makes no sense. One of the worst movies. Um, that I remember I've seen in theaters, yes. The first question people ask on Superman 4, why is Superman 4 so bad, is the Google Trend <laughs> question. It yes. is a 3.7 rating out of 10 on IMDb, so you are, you are spot on. You're spot on, it's, my friend. It is freaking terrible, and it, was, and it makes sense that it was a canon. There's actually a documentary. I forget what it's called. It's really good. Um, it's on the Golden Globus, the two dudes that uh, started Canon. Man, it is. If you're into film and just the process of filmmaking and just film history like that, holy smokes, man, it is entertaining. These dudes, they were just in the Wild West just wanting to make movies, man. They just, I mean, they loved to do it. It was the passion, but they just weren't the brightest people in the world. Like, they weren't the most talented, nor were they very bright at, at, getting these productions going and taking on like like he man masters of the universe or a superman movie i mean that's a 40 million dollar budget movie even in the mid late 80s uh i think with them it was like 10 you know like just, it is low and just a hard <laughs> a hard film to pull off for that cheap yes i mean we're talking superman man come on critic reviews william thomas predictably awful fourth installment <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, listen, Andy, this was great, man. Tell yeah. everybody where they can find your stuff. Uh, they can uh, check out the uh, Not the Same Old Browns podcast. That's available on all your major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Um, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Not Same Browns. And you can follow me on Twitter at AndyCleaves underscore. You're the man, Andy. We got some great stuff coming. Can't wait to share it with you guys over the next oh. month or so. Don't and, don't uh, we do it? Don't we no, do, brother? Yeah, we will. We will, folks. So so thanks again to Andy for joining us. Thanks to you guys for checking out this quick little Monday podcast, which somehow turned into twenty five minutes. Weird like that. Um, we will we will be back later this week. We'll have Jordan Zermon probably tomorrow, where we talk about these alternate uniforms. Which are the best alternate helmet uniforms now that we can see across the league? Wanted to do that with him, and uh, we'll continue our AFC contender series. We'll look at Kansas City this week in some way, shape, or form to talk about uh, the next leg. We had Buffalo last week. If you missed that, we talked to uh, a a guest from Cover One who does a fantastic job on Buffalo sports to see where they're at. So we continue to break down teams that the Browns could potentially face to reach a Super Bowl. Check those out. Uh, Appreciate Andy again for joining us. Appreciate you guys for joining us on this Monday or whenever you listen to this podcast. Thanks for listening to it. We appreciate you. Have a great day. And as usual, go Browns. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.